Good morning and welcome to a very special edition of Racing Pulse this morning on Thursday the 19th of January. Dean Lester has been the voice of 3EZ and RSN for more than 30 years. In fact, Dean Lester is RSN. For many racing fans and punters, Dean Lester's voice and tips have been like a warm security blanket, something they can rely on day in, day out. From 50-cent punters to millionaires, the man in the street to the most high-profile and powerful in business, politics and sport, they all want to know the same thing each Saturday – Who's Dino tipping? But Dean is much more than that. He's been a trusted confidant, friend and mentor to so many in racing, many of whom wouldn't be working in the media, have become a jockey, a trainer or administrator without his help. Dean has been battling health issues for most of his life, but he never complains. His professionalism and outlook on life, his sense of humour is incredible considering all he has been through. On Monday, his great mate, Hamish McLaughlin, described how Dino is now facing his biggest battle after being diagnosed with cancer. And it's no surprise the racing industry, his friends, his fans have responded with love and support. And it gives me great pleasure to say that the legend Dino is joining us now. Dean Lester, good morning. It is so good to hear your voice, mate. Morning, Michael. It's good to be on your show. It's a... It's a tough time for everyone, but I just want to start by asking, how are you holding up? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I mean, I'm, I'm totally overwhelmed with what's happened in the last three days. It's very, very humbling. And for anyone that uh, has donated, uh, I'm so very, very gratified that uh, you've done so, that I've done something over the years that made you do that. And uh, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been an emotional three days, to be honest, uh, since the... Uh, the GoFundMe was launched on Monday, so uh, yeah, but uh, now very gratified. It's sitting now at one hundred ninety-three thousand dollars, Dino, which is well shy of what you have been able to earn. Everyone who's listened to your tips over the years, but how much of a boost has it given you? Oh, enormous! Um, you know, my great mate Mark Hunter, um, I, I told him on Wednesday uh, of the uh, diagnosis and. Uh, on Thursday, he said, I've come up with an idea. I hope you don't mind. And he sent me through what he thought. And uh, I've never wanted help, but uh, at this time, I need it. So, uh, um, you know, Mark and, and Hamish got straight on board and they're go-getters. They're, they're making things happen. And uh, the result is that uh, that figure you just read out. Dean, we spoke to Hamish on Monday who, who painted the picture of, of what, you're facing, but can you tell us, uh, in your own words, what is the situation? Uh, Michael, I, I have cancer, so that's that's a fact. But what type of cancer and what treatment going forward is the mystery. Um, the oncologists at the Alfred, some of them worked there over 20 years, have never seen anything like it. So if you can't see something like it, you can't treat it. Um I had a bone marrow biopsy again on Tuesday and hopefully they can do more testing where something lights up and something becomes uh, a commonality that they can uh, actually start treating um, the, uh, the, the cancer. But it's, in essence, it's ripping, my, it's ripping into my blood um, in layman's terms. It's uh, all the blood boosters you can have, the Lantern, Armstrong, EPO, the... 
and um, blood transfusions, which I'm basically living on, um, all sorts of different things, and it doesn't rise and it falls. So whatever the cancer is, and it, it doesn't present like a leukemia or a lymphoma, whatever it is, it's just tearing um, my life source apart, which is your blood. And physically, how is that affecting you? I'm just exhausted all the time. Like, I was hoping to do this interview in the office this morning, but I just couldn't get up. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm still uh, in bed. So it's just, it just makes you exhausted. Um, and to the extent you can be virtually talking to someone and you just fall asleep in the middle of a conversation. Have the doctors been able to tell you if, if I suppose at the moment you said they can't find the original source, what the treatment will be? Well, they, they want to go down a path, but they want to go down the right path because if it is a, um, and I'm still sort of absorbing all this, but if it's a carcinoma and needs a certain kind of treatment, if it's a melanoma, it needs a completely different sort of treatment. So if they go down the wrong path for two months, it's a waste of time. There's a trial um, with regard to DNA through Peter McKellen, and it will be able to probably identify the primary source a very good chance, uh, which is what we need. But it, uh, once it, the blood is taken, it takes eight weeks to mature to get that result. So they're, they're going to have a, you know, a lag time minimum of eight weeks because we still haven't started that yet. So um, it's uh, yeah, sort of in no man's land with regard to treatment and what we're actually treating and uh, putting a name to it. So if you had to basically rely, as you said, on, on massive amounts of blood transfusions? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, um, without getting too technical, my hemoglobin should be around 110, 120, so my condition. Uh, the best it gets to is around 85, and without treatment, it drops to about 50 very quickly. Now, 50, we're getting into a really dangerous situation, so... I get you know, maybe three blood transfusions in one, like three units, and uh, that boosts me. I'm going to go in there once a week. They're going to boost me again, and uh, hopefully that, you know, that that's all that's keeping me going, basically, as a blood transfusion. Daniel, we know you've you've battled um, poor health for, for most of your life as well, so is that making things more complicated as well? Oh, a little bit, um, yeah, yeah, because you know I have kidney failure, so I still have to deal with dialysis three days a week and sit by the end of the schedule, and that will be another thing because of the kidney failure that how they'll treat the cancer and will it be too aggressive on my body with kidney failure? Because some cancer treatments only get released through the kidneys, um, and they wouldn't want to build up of of uh, certain treatments so it, it's going to be hopefully we find out what it is but then it's going to be complex treating it it's a tough question to ask but what's the outlook from the doctor's perspective uh at the moment um you know their, their thought is that it's a cancer can't be treated so um that makes it very difficult to to you know say you're going to have a long life uh uh, that's the problem. So if we can get any any idea of the source of the uh, the problem, well, then they can give me a, a more clarity. I know a lot of people out there are, 
are hoping and fingers crossed for your health. But there's a lot of people going, will we ever hear Dean Lester tip again? And, and the, the brutal answer is that it, it must be very difficult for you to be able to, to contemplate even looking at something like that right now. It, yeah, it is, Michael. Um, in other illnesses, uh, I've craved to get back on the radio and do form. And, you know, there's, you know, it's like, I had, the, I had a back surgery back in June that was pretty precarious, but within about three weeks, I was one, I was itching to get into the form, and then a couple of weeks later, back on, you know, trying to get back on radio. But my work has been compromised by a few, a few different illnesses over the last three and a half years, and hence, um, you know, I, I've had to uh, ask for help. And. A lot of people don't understand that when you work as you do, and there are a lot of people that work for themselves as a sole trader, um, if you're an employee and you get sick, there are sick benefits and you get sick leave, but that's not the case, Dino. No, you're a contractor, so you, you get paid by appearance, so you have to appear. Um, and that's what I have to do. So no appearance means no income. And so that's happened a lot in the last three and a half years, and it's going to happen deep into the next few months at least, I'm hoping it's, yeah, maybe not the end, but uh, yeah, realistically it could be the end of, of working. Hamish gave us an insight into um, what you are hoping to uh, help, uh, or who you're hoping to help with uh, asking for the industry support, and that is your mum Sandra and your partner Leanne, how are they? Yeah, it's, it's very tough for them, I, I think... Uh, um, both Leanne and Mum have uh, have endured really tough times the last week uh, since it was, you know, I had an earthling probably a couple of weeks ago, more than a couple of weeks ago, that it might be a cancer. And then last Sunday week I had it, um, my renal uh, professor tell me that, uh, well, we had two options. It was an, either an infection or a cancer, and we've ruled out infection. So, um yeah, so when you know you tell you know you tell your partner, tell your mum something like that, uh, it's uh, it's pretty brutal for them. Have you been able to watch a few races? Has that tried to ease your mind and take your mind off things? Absolutely. So I got told on uh, I got told last Wednesday, and dot uh, com was going and going. I think I might have watched a cricket match, and I flicked back, and Hong Kong was on, and I couldn't sleep. I, my mind was going. And I watched Hong Kong right through till 2 o'clock in the morning. So I, I didn't know what I was watching, but I was watching races, so I felt comfortable. And you're back home now for a period? Is that right? Yeah, I'm, I'm home I'm at this stage. Unless the protocol changes, I'll go, I'll go into the Alfred every Wednesday mm-hmm. um, for a blood transfusion. And I can also see oncologists and everything. that can be booked in. So I see everyone on the one day. Um and I look forward to um, you know, that, that treatment sort of just, just keeping me stable. And that's all you know, I could ask for at this stage until we uh, identify what we're dealing with. Your great mate, Lindsay Smith, was on yesterday and he, he made a call out to everyone to actually go and donate blood, which I think is, is quite timely. And I'm sure you would agree, Dino, as well. Oh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, in the renal ward, you know, I see people having transfusions Every day, uh, there's people all across the uh, the ward, and that's just one ward. And there's, then there's heaps of others. So uh, if you can, please do, because that's that's the best biggest donation of all, really. 
the racing game's a funny game, isn't it? Uh, about when you're down, uh, it can help pick you up. And you've been having a mighty run of late with your horses. Simon Miller, who we spoke to uh, on Monday as well, has been shooting the lights out for you, Dino. Yes, Simon's kind enough to, uh, and he's, he's, uh, he's you know, um, absorbing all costs for the horses, so, which is marvellous. And, uh, yeah, we won with the Admiral last Wednesday, and then as of Serenity won the Miss Andretti on Saturday, and Severo just couldn't quite get there yesterday, but he ran a good third, so it uh, hurts a lot of fun. And Magnapore ran out of its skin yesterday as well, and it's a little ironic, your great mate, Jai McNeil, knocked you off. He knocked me off, yeah. He was supposed to ride him last Wednesday and Robbie scratched him and he ran yesterday and uh, and Jamie Carr gave him a great steer, obviously. And But Jai was always there, just on his park, just park. He knew who the one to beat was, uh, obviously. I didn't tell him. Um, and uh, <laughs> he knew and uh, he got the, the money down the outside. But that was a good thrill because that's the horse that Robbie and I bred, uh, Magnifer, being yes. out of a Mary race for Gale. And uh, you know, he's certainly the best of our progeny to date, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, Jai was on .com yesterday post-race, and um, a reminder just quickly of the relationship that Dean and Jai have, which certainly uh, was cemented forever uh, when Dino helped Jai win the Melbourne Cup on Twilight Payment and what Jai had to say yesterday. He's a great mate. He's a decent human. Uh, I actually got him the ride. Um and I knew that he had to do something really brave, and I thought if it comes off, it'll look like he did today. If it didn't, you know, people might criticise him. The last thing I said to him this morning, we always have a chat race day, as I said, just be brave. And uh, he was brave. He was braver than I could ever be. Dean and my relationship, it started from a, a early age stage in my career, and um, along the way we've had a lot of success together, but he's one of those people that has been there for me um, through the tough times as well, which is very rare. He's someone that is just so well respected and his knowledge is um, the best in the industry when it comes to form and, and knowing all the horses. And um, He put confidence in me in each and every race that I go out to, to ride in. He touched on the fact that um, I was going to have to be brave and um, he's going to have to be brave now. Dino, is that... Almost one of the most special parts of what you've been able to achieve in, in your career is the relationships and, and those that you've helped along the way? Yeah, it's not about um, the racing as such. Uh, I like to know them personally. And you get a, you get, you get a feeling if they're up or down going to the races and uh, you just try and get them more on the up if they're, uh, if they're a bit down. So it's important to, to know, you know, and there's probably half a dozen jockeys that I have really, really good relationships with. And, you know, I've done porn for some of the best jockeys in the world. So that's, that's on another level. But the, uh, the personal relationships that you have, like Jai and, and Ethan Brown, has been a very special um, kid to me because he was a kid when I met him. And the kid sort of uh, got me to help him. And, uh, yeah, we've developed much more than just doing a porn. And a lot of people probably don't know what you do behind the scenes. We hear you um, on RSN and Channel 7 tipping winners, but um, behind the scenes, you're, you're offering advice and, and guidance to a lot of trainers about placement of horses and programming as well. Yeah, I'll do that with a little bit of programming, especially Lindsay mainly, but uh, yeah, you'll get the odd call about that and uh, 
Yeah, I enjoy, look, I enjoy, I just love racing. And, you know, there's things that, uh, you know, with regard to programming for the race clubs and, uh, you know, when that uh, summer sprint series was developed uh, last year, that Marabi won the Christmas stakes in the Oakley Plate and that was fantastic. It, it sort of cemented that summer series and, um, yeah, I, I speak to Lee Jordan often and, uh, and go through, you know, things that, you know, hopefully can be making, you know, especially the Spring Carnival, a little bit better and it's, uh, it's a great passion of mine just watching, you know, the programming. And uh, speaking of that, we spoke to Neil Bainbridge yesterday and um, your hometown, uh, you're the king of Cranbourne and they're having a, a Dean Lester tribute night coming up on the 27th and they were, or Neil was talking about how it was your vision um, for the Cranbourne Cup, the million dollar uh, hopeful in the next year or two Cranbourne Cup on the standalone Saturday. You must be proud of, of what your hometown club has been able to achieve. Absolutely, Michael. And the races that we've uh, programmed there with uh, with um, Greg Carpenter along the way and Neil and uh, David Hagen, uh, we, we had several meetings and it was through COVID, so it was Zoom, and we nutted out the first year's program and sort of uh, everyone criticised the three-year-old race over 2,000 metres, but the winner then won the South Australian Classic and then came back and won the Pinker Pinker at Cranbourne this uh, October, so the races have certainly had validity and uh, just having the Cranbourne Cup on a Saturday, I think it got totally lost on a Sunday. It was a good, good meeting on it when it was on a Wednesday, but uh, Saturday, uh, yeah, it's going to have to fight hard to keep it, but... Uh, uh, it's certainly a great idea. Well, you're, there's no one that's got more knowledge about racing uh, than you. What do you make of these proposed spring changes, moving the Cox Plate back to the end of November and, and losing the, the standalone Country Cup Saturdays? Yeah, well, it's um, the Cox Plate being late, uh, mid to late November, I mean, it's a quick turnaround for the autumn. And the other thing is, there's been talk yet the uh, autumn carnival starts too early. Uh, the, the first group one is run on the day where there's no footy when there's the buy. Uh, so you get more coverage of the group one. You start the group ones three weeks later, if the Cox Plate's going to be three or four weeks later, and you're either in preliminary final week or grand final week of the, uh, of the AFL. So you're not going to start with a bang. You're going to start more with a whimper. So I just think uh, there's a few outside forces that might attribute to the Cox Plate or the Spring Carnival not being as dynamic uh, at the start. Mm. Who's your favourite horse, Dino? Is it the quarterback over the years or is it a, a different horse? But I think, oh, absolutely. The quarterback uh, was the best horse. The, the one I've got a very soft spot for is that with the flow, uh, trained by Dean Saxon. Um, whenever he got in a race, he could win. He needed a lot to go right. He needed to just flop out of the barriers, high speed, and just come with one run late over 1,600. So he demanded a lot, but when he got that, he won. And uh, he often won at really big prices because people didn't realise what his strengths were, and we just had to keep him kicking over, waiting for that right race. But uh, he, was a, he was a tremendous horse today. He won, a, he won on a lot of feature days, and... I uh, loved him very much. Who do you think's the best jockey you've seen over the years? I saw Roy for 
about, you know, that I can remember about six or seven years. And Roy was still a great jockey. Um, I think Harry White's a little bit forgotten. He was a beautiful jockey. Mm. But Mick Dittman's the best. Mick mm. Dittman, Mick Dittman would be eighth in a race and he had the whole race worked out. He knew exactly where everyone was. And, uh, I, and then, you know, he's, he's famous strength, but his tactical ability was second to none. Mm. Uh, you you spread um, over so many champions your time in racing. Uh, there's been that many superstars. But is, is Winx the, the top or is it a horse from yesteryear? Oh, I think she has to be. Um, I'd love to have seen Dolphify for another two seasons mm. uh, because if he'd have raced the next season in the Cox Plate, he'd have raced against Kingston Town. Now, that's it. that would have been some race. Mm. So it's just a shame that we lost Dulcify way too early. I, I, I thought he was good. You know, the, there was a horse that not many people would remember, but I fell in love with him early. There was a horse called Ashbar, and he won his first five, and he was odds on in the derby, and he got galloped on Bart Cummings, trained, and he raced in the uh, Taj Rossi colours, and um, he was a he was one I really I saw him win. You know, he always races leading up, and he was a absolute star. But after the being galloped on. I think he won two or three weight for age races, but he was never the same. How would Manicato have gone against Black Caviar? Uh, it's a good question because, you know, tracks are different and he'd have probably appreciated a little bit of cushion in the track other than on firm twos with his old legs. Um, he wouldn't have gone down without a fight, uh, that's for sure. I think, I think the three-year-old Manicato would have given her a great race. There's no doubt about that. And who do you think's the best trainer? You've you've had a lot of trainers in your time. Who do you think's the best one? Oh, Bart. But mm. yeah, Bart just uh, could get them right on the day. George Hanlon. I mean, there was a fine out to what George could do because he could he could have horses with a form card of Norton, nor, nor, and then they'd win fourth up, yeah, you know, in the Mooney Valley Cup or something. He was a master at just turning them around on the right day. You, you're no doubt proud of many things, Dino, but you, you must be very proud of, of making uh, Adam Ramanaskis a, a household name. They don't know him for his football. It's all about the Ramaruffy. Yeah, well, yeah, the premiership wasn't enough to give him a name, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we've done our best to help him. And uh, yeah, Friday morning was the most uh, fun yeah. I had every week. It was, uh, it was, we didn't know where we were going, but we had a great half hour and uh, we could talk about nearly anything and wander around and eventually get to the tips. Exactly. Uh, Dino, there's no surprise that the love of the SMS is coming through. G'day, Dino. I'm a tradie working by myself, listening to Dean on a Friday morning, and all day Saturday's become part of my week. Best wishes to Dean. Can't wait to hear you. Tipping winners, fingers crossed in the future. Dean, you've been a constant in my time following racing. I started writing your selections down as a youngster on a Saturday morning in the car for my dad while on the way to junior cricket. To nowadays, friends and colleagues bugging me every Saturday for your numbers. Uh, there's barely a meeting that goes by without a Dino strikes again. Uh, may you and your family be comfortable in your hour of need. Dino, you're much loved and adored by all. Uh, John from Heathmont, so sorry for you right now. Uh, I pray for you especially. Um, for uh, thank you for helping me fine-tune my analysis. Uh, keep fighting, mate. Stay strong. We're behind you, Krazer. Uh Dean, you've been a, a constant in my time since I've started following racing as a, as a young child. Uh, Dino, it took me three months to 
Start treatment from diagnosis, uh, diagnosis. Don't give up. Keep fighting. Dino, you're a legend, a great man. All the best. Good luck with your fight. You don't know me, but you helped me through a tough time during COVID period. I'll, I'll forever be grateful. Uh, good on. Uh, good luck, Dino. I was given less than two years, and that was four and a half years ago. Stay strong, my friend. That's just a snapshot of some of the SMSs. So, uh, Dino, there's a lot of love and support for you out there, as you know only too well. Yeah, that's that's lovely, and. Uh... For those who said, I'll keep fighting, I've got the mouth guard already in and the, the gloves on, so I'm ready. Well, your, your northerly, very rogue, octagonal, all turned into one, uh, Dino, so if anyone's going to keep fighting, it's you. Mate, I know um, how much it, it takes to get yourself up to have a chat, and I know all the listeners out there and all the fans who love you so much, and, and we here at RSN appreciate you giving us some time this morning. We're all with you. Uh, we're here to do anything that we can to help you in this time and all fingers uh, across, all prayers are with you, mate. Keep fighting and, and stay strong. Thank you, Michael. Thank you to the listeners. It was a huge boost, as you said, on Monday. So um, I'm greatly appreciative of the, the fight film. Good on you, Dino. Dean Lester, uh, the GOAT, uh, joining us there. Um, GoFundMe. Go to the GoFundMe page. GoFundMe.com. Search Dean Lester, Dean with an E, uh, and you can donate. He's given everyone in the racing industry so much over the years, and Dino needs our help now for his biggest battle.